Bainbridge poet um, is a healer. And she began what we call body-mind centering. It's an institute. And she began as an occupational therapist. And uh, she was raised, oddly enough, in the circus. Her parents were circus performers. And she was raised in, in circus, and then she went off to to college to be an occupational therapist. And she was very interested in the movement of the body. You know, she was raised in the circus environment, so she knew how to do trapeze and, and all sorts of fancy things and lots of dance. And so movement to her was always a huge part of her life. And as her work as an occupational therapist, she would try to introduce dance with people who, um, who had different problems. She had worked with a lot of folks who were suffering from polio and other things. And she found that if she helped them to move, their bodies would get connected in a way that really was a healing presence in their lives. And so Bonnie did a lot of work around this. And I came to know her because she was doing a program at Hampshire College where I worked. And she would come every summer for, for a, a, a six-week program. And she would teach there. And at one point, I had a skiing accident where I fell on my arm and had a little crack in my bone. And that healed up fine. Uh, but my shoulder was never quite right. And so one day, um, and she noticed I was kind of stiff. She said, well, what's wrong? And I said, well, my shoulder from the skiing thing. And she said, well, sit for a minute. And she held my arm, and she held it, and just held it gently and said nothing. Finally, she said, do you wonder what I'm doing? And I said, yes. And she said, absolutely nothing. She said, I, I, I can't feel anything yet, so we'll just sit here until I can feel something. And eventually, I don't know, she touched me a little bit gently and moved it, and, and my shoulder never hurt again. She said, oh, something wasn't quite in rhythm. And so I, I think you'll be better now, and I was. She had an amazing healing presence. So I came to really respect this woman's wisdom. And she said two things that have really stuck with me. The first, which I share with many of you who are around my age, and because it will be good news, she said, fat is power. Okay? It has nothing to do with the sermon, but she told me that, and I thought I'd share it, because, you know, every time you get frustrated, you just remember fat is power, and you feel better about yourself somehow. The other thing she told me, as we were working with something, she said, it's not that I was wrong. It's that I have new information now. So I've changed my mind. It's not that I was wrong. It's that I have new information now. So I've changed my mind. That's always stayed with me because so often we get ourselves boxed into a corner where we have to stand so firm in our opinion because we said it and we said it out loud. We maybe even said it in writing. We maybe even said it in front of a crowd. And how can you back down from that position? 
But she didn't beat herself up. She just said, I have new information now. So I've changed my mind. Now, I think that is some of the crux of what Jesus is getting at here. He begins in the temple with the high priests. And they say, by what authority are you teaching? And as any good rabbi would do, he asks, answers a question with a question, because that's what rabbis do. And so he asks them, I'll answer that if you tell me, uh, did the baptism of John come from human or divine origin? Did it come from God or come from humans? And they were not going to step into this trap, so they sidestepped it completely, and Jesus said, well, then I'm not going to answer your question either. But it says, okay, asks another question. What do you think? Which son honored the father? The one who said, I'll get out of bed and go do it and didn't? Or the one who said, I'm sleeping in, Dad, uh-uh, and got up and went and did the work? Which one honored the Father? His point is that for us to truly, truly honor God, we need to do what we know is right and to be able to change our minds. We need to be able to make that shift from here, I said I'm not going, so I can't go, to I said I'm not going to do it, I'm not going to do what's right, to okay, I've changed your mind, I can go do what is right. And when we get caught in that place where we can't change our mind, then we're not able to respond the way God calls us to respond. We're coming into this incredibly We've been living through it, this incredibly partisan time in our country where people are so divided, whether you're a Republican or a Democrat or an independent that leans as a Republican or a Democrat or whatever, and you hear everything so partisan. And there are news programs that lean one way or the other way. There was somebody who was being interviewed that had a strong political position and it was at a rally. And they said, well, do you ever listen to the point of view of people who disagree with you? And he said, no, why would I do that? They just tell me I'm wrong. How often are we like that? Where we will not even listen to another point of view because that would mean, if they were right, then we are wrong. What would happen if we just listened? If we got beyond the right and wrongness and figured out why it was so important? What's the why? Why does somebody have that point of view? 
What are they afraid of if their point of view is not followed? What needs are they trying to have met? If we could listen beyond our own fear and anxiety so that we might be able to be aware of somebody else's fear and anxiety, we might be able to hear on a deeper level. And you never know because when we are able to set aside our own point of view and be aware of multiple points of view, we might get some new information. Not that we're wrong, but we might get some new information and we might change our mind. But Jesus said, you know, when John the Baptist came and you saw what was true, why didn't you change your mind? When it was right there in front of you, why didn't you change your mind? And so I think we're at a time where instead of thinking that our point of view is the only point of view, we need to stop and listen and open ourselves. That we can speak our truth quietly and calmly in love. And we can listen to another point of view, holding that person in love. I think that this is a time when we need to rise above the fray. Being a Christian needs to mean following Jesus, not following human beings. We need to follow Jesus. We need to take the time to seriously ask ourselves, what would Jesus do? What would Jesus say? Where would Jesus go? How would Jesus bless those that are being pushed apart and away in the midst of the fray? How would Jesus put a healing hand upon people? How would Jesus touch someone so that somehow they would be made whole? I truly think we need to open ourselves so that we can see beyond our narrow viewpoint. That we might try to open up and see a lens where all people matter, whether we agree with them or not. That all people matter whether they look like us or not. That all people matter even if they speak like us or not. Because it's so easy when we get afraid to want to insulate ourselves with only those who think and feel exactly as we do. Instead, let us open ourselves up. And you never know, we might get some new information and we might change our minds. And Jesus would smile.